And welcome to the lowest energy podcast on the internet, Box Seats. I am your host, Chase, and this is my uh, temporary intern slash producer slash social media coordinator, I guess I'd call you, Sid Conker, the one only. I have done literally zero things that would fit the job description of any of those things you just said, but I'll take it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Yeah. We care very little in the studio because we record in the studio. You can tell. Ooh, ooh, studio. I can hear, I can hear a game happening. In exactly. The yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's go, let's go for a high five just to just to prove that we're in the, we're in the studio. So we're not lying to to the um, to those listeners at all. All right. So on three, we're gonna do a little high five. Okay. Three. All right. Two. One. Wow. <laughs> I love counting down. That's how high fives work, right? You don't do that? I'm, I'm usually a big countdown guy. I like, I don't want to scare anyone for the high five. Like, hey, right, hold right, on, right, watch right. out. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah, a, it's a consensual hand, high five. Yeah, yeah, you're excited. I might hurt somebody. You know, you got to double check these days. All right. But Sid, I want to talk about your love life first and foremost. I know this is a sports podcast, but I mean... With all the love and, and clicks the Bachelor gets these days, I don't even need to talk about your love life. Who's your biggest celebrity crush, Sid? Any particular uh, reality TV TV contestants that uh, grab your attention, Bachelor I, or not? Don't, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Last week we referenced a show that the great Chad Ochocinco mm-hmm. um, hosted mm-hmm. with Bernard Berrien. Um, another great where they had Ocho Cinco women um, come on and try to date Chad Ocho Cinco and there was a finalist on this show um, which has a rating of about 2.2 on IMDb I believe um, but everyone watch it it's highly it's highly recommended by this podcast Anyway, the finalist, uh, the winner of the show, was friend requested by me on Facebook uh, several months ago, and I recently just saw her um, get engaged on my feed, which is troubling for both myself and Chad Ochocinco. I would say more so for Chad Ochocinco. I mean, well, you know, I would say it's most troubling for the person she's marrying, I mean. How can we? How can we be sure that this isn't uh, just a ploy to make him jealous? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you think so that runs through his head at all? Yeah. The long game being played. Um, I haven't done much research on the male individual, male in question on this, but uh, could be a former wide receivers coach. I'm really not sure. Future NFL head coach for sure. <laughs> I'd say so. Do you think? Um, did, you see, did you see that story the the, uh, the other week where I think it's on Brent Marshall's podcast when we the one we referenced I think also last week. What a weird show. Um, about I should have it two weeks ago. Nonetheless, uh, about how Chad Ochocinco would just call his uh, his coaches at two a.m. and say, "I'm open," and hang up. Remember that? Who does this? That, that, that was Ocho Cinco. Oh my god! Yeah, he used to co- oh, you didn't hear about that? Yeah, he literally used to call his his former uh, like be like wide receivers coach, uh, offensive coordinator, head coach. I don't think he, I don't think Ochocinco gave a shit, honestly. <laughs> just like and you just call them like Chad, what you, what's going on? What's going on? Like, oh, I'm open, coach, and then just hang up. 
Not even thinking about it. A lot of Chad Ocho Cinco into the show, which is good. He's an entertaining figure. Yeah, I mean, he's worth a blue shirt for So, I mean, I don't think it would be that much of a stretch to say that we couldn't get Ocho Cinco on the show. He works for Bleacher Reports? He does a lot of stuff with Bleacher Reports. And that's like the bottom of the barrel as far as sports content goes. I mean, I might even I might be even lower than us, to be honest. And we have like 11 followers. High school me enjoyed Bleacher Reports. I think, I think that is, I think that pretty much is the market, though. Right, right, right. you got to click through the rankings. Yeah, 15 to 17. They, they, they used to be the king of, like, uh, clickbait articles. Which report was? Oh yeah. Like before, before they got, I don't know who bought them out because they, they didn't have like a lot of funding now. They have like Leftco. They have like Leftco from um, the B team on <laughs> Inside the NBA. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah TNT bought them out. So oh, yeah, that's that's what it, that makes sense. There's a lot of connections there. Well, what we'll, we'll poor mistake by TNT, but whatever. They promote the hell out of it. And now FanDuel's getting promoted to shit by TNT. Love that. Oh, true, yeah. Are you a FanDuel guy, Sid? Or are you a um, DraftKings kind of guy? I'm not going to just give out free promotions. <laughs> well, what if I were to tell you that it wouldn't be a free promotion? Oh, yeah, as long as I get paid afterwards, I'll promote both. I'm on both. Okay, sweet. Yeah, both um, are fantastic. I'm actually a fan of every single uh, betting site uh, ever in ever existence. So yeah, I mean, that's endorsement right there. I think I think I, I think I've owned like ten cents from every every gambling company on earth now. DraftKings interface is pretty good, but uh, FanDuel allows you to do much better parlays. Mm, true. Um, DraftKings is pretty limited with their parlays. I don't know why more sites don't do a better job with their parlays and futures. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's the thing you literally get so much free money on. <laughs> and people right, just right. do as a, as a pure, like pure entertainment. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Par- well parlays, futures, and props, <laughs> like all guaranteed, like just straight money. I mean, sure you get like a, a you know, one in every like million instances. You get like that guy who posts on uh, the BR betting accounts. God, I hate him talking about them. They're so annoying. Uh, it's like a ten-way parlay. Ends up winning a hundred thousand dollars. That's right. fine. You, you can afford that. There's like a gazillion <laughs> of people betting like thirty dollars. I mean, like minimum of five, pretty much, and just losing it all. <sighs> Joys of gambling modern age. Said, isn't it beautiful? Like I said, uh, I mean, oh, go ahead. What are you doing right now? I personally can't. Are you, uh, are you using a Sharpie? I, you don't know, like a dry erase board or something? You you are looking at me in the studio. You can't tell what I'm doing? Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't face you in the studio. Everyone knows that. Come on. Right. I can't let you influence my takes with, with the, any visual cues. Um, <laughs> I only need I audio to say... <laughs> <laughs> what was I gonna say? I was going to say that I personally can't relate to losing bets. So mm, that's true. You did. I did lose one more bet than you, but I did win two more than you. Well, three more. Not to brag. Yeah, I, I still win me well, bedtime. You're through... counting all your side bets on your record. I am. I am. I mean, I'm still ahead of you uh, on just straight spreads. If we want to go off that too. What are our records? Let's review. Um, we, you are six and four since you've only done straight spreads so far. Pretty good. Up, up two units. Um, I'll need to do a double check on, hold on. So I went three, one and da, 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 da. 
four and two. All right, so I am seven and three on my just straight spread bets. Um, wow, that's impressive. It's solid. And then then I'm five point three five and and uh, it's two. Yeah. Actually, yeah, actually, four, four, five point three five and four on my side bets. That brings me to total 12.35 and seven overall. Wow, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Last last week was good, for, very much good for both of us. I mean, I lost. Well, Aaron, well, you only lost because of your bias against Aaron Rodgers and refusing to bet with him. I'm telling you, man, you got to hedge yourself. That was a perfect hedge opportunity to be like, you know what? I absolutely despise the Packers. If they win convincingly, at least I'm compensated for it. I thought the Rams would play a more complete game. It's not my fault. Well, well sorry. Soft ass, candy ass uniforms Staley. traveling all the way to Lambeau. That shit doesn't fly in the playoffs. Brandon state, Staley was already checked out judging the Chargers. Also, he looks really fucking old. I, I mean, I may be seeing someone else, but I, I, I thought picture Brandon Steele. I was like, wait, this guy's gonna be a head coaching job. Um, you picked Buffalo minus two and a half. I thought you picked Baltimore. Wait, no, you picked. Baltimore. Oh no, I, but you would never, you wouldn't catch me dead betting on. I watched no, Brandon Steele guy actually was super young. Never mind. I don't know why. Yeah, he was the he was the linebacker coach for the Bears. Let's mm. talk about these divisional round games. Let's let's, uh, let's get to it. Please. Um, Congratulations to the Browns, the Saints, the Ravens, and the Rams for joining um, an elite club of football teams that also includes the Chicago Bears. Um, This is really where you want to be. How so? (laughs) I'm having a great time. I mean, there's no pressure. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it's you're the elite club of fan bases who don't have to sweat for the next <laughs> for the next three weeks with only a 25 percent chance of winning. So I guess I guess that's one one positive takeaway. A little spin zone on our, on our end for not being. I don't know. I, I would I would happily take it. This sucks. Yeah, so I mean, hard. if you're still in it, if you're still in it, you're um, you have a chance of winning one Super Bowl. If you're not in it, who knows how many Super Bowls you could win in the future? <laughs> it's infinite. It's true. I mean, I mean, this this country we're, will crumble we're, far I'm, sooner I'm than than about, uh, the NFL will. That's for sure. The NFL will. Pers- I'm thinking about winning ten Super Bowls. Um, but if you're the Bucks, the Packers, you can, you can't focus on that. Your focus can only be on one. You, Your possibilities aren't aren't endless. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm building with you. a I'm building a dynasty. <laughs> in your um, head. With Kyle Trask leading right, the Bears right, right. to ten straight. Should we talk about so the first game was what? The Bills, the Ravens? Uh, uh no, that was the I think it was the it was actually the Rams uh Packers first. Uh the Rams, the Packers. Right, yeah. right. Man, right. I, that was I gotta say that might be one of the most convincing victories of the entire season outside of the really? uh Honestly, that was I was I was very impressed. Play calling was fantastic. I really didn't feel like if the if, if they didn't play a great game. I think he played really well. Honestly, I, I mean, I would say considering the matchup he was up against, 
I still felt like they just tore them apart. I felt like the play calling was super balanced, but I kept the Rams' defense off balance, if that makes any sense. Um, and really, just dice them up any way, any way they wanted. I mean, there was two different drops by the Packers receivers uh, going deep on what would have been like guaranteed, guaranteed touchdown plays. I mean, I think I mean the Rams are as lucky as they are, uh, quite lucky that they didn't get slaughtered in that game. They got outplayed on every every level of the game. I mean. It was a big factor with Donald being out, like, probably th- two-thirds yeah, of the entire game. Out. And when he was in, yeah. I mean, the Rams, the Rams did not record a single sack in that game. The offensive, the Packers' offensive line completely dominated this game. I know. There was, I mean, I was waiting all game for some sort of pass rush, and there was just none. And if Aaron Rodgers has that much time, I just don't think it was a perfect game on their part. I'm not. It wasn't perfect, but that's what I'm saying. Like they, they didn't play perfect, and they still beat the hell out of that team. I mean, it was, it was never. I was never really worried, honestly. It was, it was a slaughter. It felt, it, it, it truly felt like a slaughter as far as just the pacing and everything and like momentum and control. Like it, it, there, there was, was never, never really, really that chance. Quarter there where the Packers got were stopped a couple of times and the Rams scored. They're within they're within a score for a second briefly when the Packer the Rams went for two got the two I think they're mm-hmm. eighteen twenty five eighteen. Um, for how poorly they were playing, they definitely still had a shot there. Oh, for sure. I mean, there still was there still is a chance. I'm not gonna argue that, but I mean, really, it never really felt like it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you know, logically, there was a chance, but it, there was never really a feeling of like, oh yeah, Packers are not in control of this game. Yeah, I'll give you that. And even spread wise, it felt it felt pretty good. Um, there was a couple moments I was actually in in awe with some of the, some of the plays made, and just <laughs> like I, I truly at this point feel so convinced that the Packers just can't lose at home in the playoffs. And my biggest nightmare of them getting home field and then running through the AFC is and sorry the NFC is absolutely coming true. That was just a different kind of home field. I mean the Bear, the Bears are falling into that category too of teams that if you get them home field in the playoffs, this deep in the playoffs, like it's there's very few teams that can deal with those elements. And just the environment no, itself. It does make a huge difference. It's also just like there's something about the cold. It's all. It's almost like mentally like intimidating. Mm-hmm. You have to go somewhere cold as shit to play, mm-hmm. and it's not your home. It adds an element to it. If you're going somewhere warm to play on the road, it feels like a vacation. Yeah, it's not. It's not a thought. That's I, a, think, it, mm-hmm. I think there's something to that. I think there is. No, I think it's like having to get in the mindsets to play in the cold. You know, like if you go through all those like mental gymnastics and exercises just to. <laughs> get prepared mentally to do it, you know, and to, and to weather through it. I mean, no pun intended there. So I think, I think just adding an element of difficulty and extra level of thoughts is, is what messes, is what messes up these road teams up. I mean, we definitely tell it was messing with Lamar this weekend, which we'll, which we'll touch on later, but there's some, there's some QBs and some teams that just can't handle it, man. They're not used to it. Whether, you know, whether it's been, you know, where they grew up and played college or where they're playing now. I mean, you just just because you're comfortable, they're not used to these kind of environments, and catches them off guard every single time. Yeah, I think this team is good. The Packers are going to go as far as this offensive line goes because it seems to be obviously Aaron Rodgers, but <clears throat> um, Aaron Rodgers at this age 
is not running out of the pocket and creating a ton of plays with his legs or mm-hmm. he's gaining yards. It's a clean pocket is going to be pretty essential. The fact that the Packers have such a strong offensive line at this stage in his career um, is critical, I think, in these big games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Uh, can we talk about how sick it was? <laughs> I think it was the Rams that pulled that pulled off the wildcat touchdown with Acres, followed by a hook and ladder two point conversion. Was it was that was that, was that are sick? Was was that not the sickest thing you've ever seen? Like, that's the ballsiest play calling I've <laughs> I've seen in a two play sequence in my entire life. I was amazed that it worked so well. Oh yeah, I mean I've never seen I've never seen a two point conversion, ne- never hook and ladder two point conversion. <laughs> they should bust it out I more. I wonder if they saw something on tape that made them go, "Yeah, this is the play," or he was just gonna do. He was just waiting all year to use something like that. I think it just makes sense schematically, you know, because if you're if you're in like a shotgun formation, which I don't believe they were from a two yard line. I mean, and you let's say I think they ran, they spread it out to. I mean, I think let's just you know let's just say for you know theoretically, it's like three receivers, you know, two on one side, one on the other. Um, in that situation, if you're a defense, you're going to have to throw in a couple extra DBs, and you're playing like super tight press coverage. Like you're not letting anything underneath happen because uh, you're assuming you have a little bit of backup in the safeties deep in the end zone, and ma- making it a difficult throw. But you're not letting anything underneath, so you're assuming you're assuming tight man coverage. So it kind of makes sense because if you hit a screen out wide, one guy's you know one corner who's guarding guys be catching the ball, so going after him or kind of trying to get through a block from the other receiver. <laughs> But then, as soon as another guy comes up, it's just a complete mismatch. It's like a, it's it's, it's almost like a little dri- dribble handoff, but for football. Right, right, hundred percent. I'm looking at it now. So yeah, it was three wide receivers. The tight end was almost out wide. It was almost four out. Interesting. Uh, looks like man to man across. Bobby Woods, maybe Brandon. Yeah, Bobby Woods has a nice uh, pick here. No, yeah, that's what a hell of a play. Oh yeah, I mean, it makes it makes, it makes I mean, complete sense schematically. I'm surprised we haven't seen it before because it just it makes too much sense that you wouldn't try it. The Rams uh, having Sean McVay months. like makes is enough reason to want to see the Rams in the playoffs. In right. Games. Agreed. Also, what was this? because of Jared Goff. Yeah. All right. Quickly, um, before we hop on to the next game, what do you think we can? Where do the Rams go for here? From here, though. Because I am not sure about Goff's contract, uh, how much longer it goes. I believe it's at least like two more years. Right, at least. Yeah. He's in the Carson Wentz territory. I mean, he probably has guaranteed money for at least another two years. But I think Jared Goff is serviceable enough where if you build around him, you can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Yeah. I don't know. You have Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, just in, they're in absolute cap hell. They paid everybody. Um, exactly. I'm waiting for the Rams to just fucking suck. <laughs> oh, oh I Sean believe McVay you. I cannot be, wait. <laughs> just be on his way out. <laughs> Sean McVay might be greater than we give him credit for, and he's just going to keep wheeling and dealing with like the cards he's dealt. Yeah. They have talent. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron. I mean, they are very – if they can just continue to like draft well, sign free agents intelligently, you can win with three major contracts. It's just very hard mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. have to hit on every single other item. Right. Oh, oh as you're completely uh, like stricken or just <laughs> have zero death at one position and you get exposed. Right, right. And, and that you would expect, I would have expected a ton of holes in the Rams defense this year, but they yeah. had guys step up. 
Yeah. I mean, they're basically in the same territory as a lot of teams where it's like, all right, I mean, we, we've already made our big spends. We have our, like, main four or five guys we have to pay. And now we're in, like, old vets come here to to chase for a ring, you know. But the thing is, I don't know, like, with it, I understand that the organization is strong. I'm not going to give Stan Kroenke any credit, but uh, I'm just giving Faye all, all, the, all the credit for the leadership and culture there. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're like a, quite the team you ring chase with just because of the quarterback play. If you're, if you're, if you're, an, you old, if you're an older player. Step above. Yeah, exactly. Like they're, like, they're just like a half step below a team you would like forego money to play for and just sign a really a smaller deal just for the sake of getting. getting you do get to play in L.A. True. And very sick stadium, too. Yeah, I mean, in NFL, it's tough. You're not getting a ton of guys because of the lo- your career is not pretty long, mm-hmm. very short. <laughs> yeah, um, true. There's only a few guys. There's only a few of those guys. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the not many place. people that have the ability to go ring chase anyway. One thing they'll have to worry about is Andrew Whitworth does retire, uh, I think, which is more likely than not. Tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got a left tackle to worry about in an offensive line that's not like. Yeah, that that talent. yeah that could be an issue. Actually, actually that's, that's a really good point because it really isn't. They're not super weak in any other position, really, um, other than O line, which could present a major issue because they can go from having a super efficient run game. <laughs> I could see them going back to like the Daryl Henderson days of week two through eight, where it was like, all right, three and a half yards of carry, <laughs> all the time, which really, which really does worry me. I mean, not me personally, but I mean, <laughs> just an outside observer. I mean, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to have the Rams be as shitty as possible and McVeigh exposed for. I mean, it just, it just sounds like a fun time. Would you rather have Sean McVeigh or Pete Carroll? Sean McVeigh. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm. I'm off. I'm almost. If Pete has like one more year, my good graces, honestly. With this kind of playoff disappointments. Yeah, I'm not sure who to blame, but I'm starting. I mean, I'm starting to blame Pete. Of, yeah. I was blaming Pete two years like two years ago after the Cowboys loss. <laughs> Last year, I was willing to accept just because Aaron beat us. Uh, and, well, Jimmy Graham and Aaron beat us um, for a, literally a half-yard difference between us winning the game and them winning the game. So Yeah, you only have so much Russell Wilson prime. Like, that's what I'm, I'm saying, man. <laughs> I'm like, Pete, I wish they had a good Pete gr- extension. Just have him retire after like next year. <laughs> Once this move, I'm know. not saying uh, – Pete. I, I hold Pete Carroll to a higher regard than this guy, but you can almost see – Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll on the trajectory of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You get one Super Bowl, don't do a ton after. You're just kind of holding them back. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, this exact same thing would, would I, I, or at least I think the exact same thing would happen if, if Russell Wilson got hurt a couple of times over the course of two to three years, like Aaron Rodgers did, the team falls to like five and 11. And you're like, Oh yeah, I mean, believe me, you we're 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 one Russ injury away from going four and twelve. <laughs> like, Jay, I don't trust Gino to get us more than three wins. Honestly, I'm assuming like a Russ mid mid season I mean, injury. <laughs> yeah, in that scenario. But if yeah. you're like an actual like good coach, you should you should be good enough in that situation, like Mike Tomlin did, to get yourself right. to nine and seven, ten and six. Is Pete Carroll that guy? You really don't. Know. Yeah, he's like a tier like one B coach. Like he has a legitimate philosophy, which I can respect. And not a lot of coaches actually like have that and like present it on a daily basis to where it's actually like uh visible. A lot of coaches you can like you can just be like never quite get what they're trying to do. Um but Pete actually has a has a concrete philosophy that's that's had results in the past. 
motivation wise. I mean, I mean that's, that's what he is. He's a motivation guy, not next to his nose kind of guy. Right, right, right. <clears throat> do you actually want to talk about the Saints Bucks game so we can preview the NFC game before? Ooh, yeah, let's, let's do that. Actually. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Organization. Um, this is why you're the good intern. So, Drew Brees is old um, and gone. Dead. The thing, like, I'm fine. I, I get why that was, you know, the whole game, all you got was Tom Brady and Drew Brees talk, but that's just the NFL that exists now. It's quarterbacks and offense, and mm-hmm, these are like mm-hmm. two of the best to ever play. And I understand this, because of that, the storyline coming out is a lot of just Drew Brees, old, the game. Like, But, like, who, like, the reg- standard you're holding these players, I mean, it's ridiculous. Who doesn't get old and get worse and then get beat? Like, Mm-hmm. Even Peyton Manning was bad. Oh, like <laughs> those last two, yeah. the last like three years were pretty fucking bad. <laughs> it was like the last year and a half or two, but well, yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen. Like, who's gonna go out as great as they were or go out great? Mm-hmm. So whatever, I, I I don't see it as a sad. Like the game is gonna catch up to you, Drew Brees. Also, the list of injuries he was playing with that was revealed. Oh my god! Yeah, by his wife after like broken what? ribs, well, torn rotator the... cuff, mm-hmm. torn fascia in your foot, eleven broken ribs and a collapsed lung. Mm-hmm. Like okay, like yeah, he was forty two. He didn't have enough zip, but he had a rotator cuff that was torn at the beginning <laughs> of the season. Like, like um. I don't know. I, I, get, I get the frustration if you're a Saints fan. If you look back at the last four years, if you're a Saints fan, I don't think any team, I can't remember the last time a team um, in my lifetime, um, maybe the Bills, obviously, when they lost one in a row, but mm-hmm. the, these have been heartbreaking losses, and they've had a ton of talent. So right. it's got to be tough to absorb that, but I think if you're a Saints fan, you can still be very happy with how competitive you've been the last like decade or so oh most definitely i mean it's gotta it's gotta sting though if you're taking i think if you're taking the average uh just skill level on that roster over the last four years i don't think there's any other team in the nfl that can match up with them in the last four years so i mean remember so the hopes in every single year like a top three or four team in the whole in the whole league you always you always assume it's a championship game, and they just never quite got even there. You know, <laughs> always end up being division, you know, tough divisional round losses to teams that didn't even do anything for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's tough to sit through, man. I but you have to be consider yourself pretty lucky that you had Drew Brees for that long at the same time, though. I mean, having a quarterback that actually does play into his forties and still wasn't like actually. <laughs> Starting to show like uh, major signs of decline until yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar to Peyton. Like last two years, year and a half. Um, I mean, I mean, last year I, mean, I would say two pretty much two full years on that one. But still, I mean, it's, it's still a blessing to even have you know a player that good. You pretty much brought you out of straight irrelevance, right? <laughs> into into, into, into being a champion, and right. then yeah. and then also a perennial powerhouse. That's the more that's more than most any other team we can ask for shot. in our lives in our lifetime right now. <laughs> You still have Sean Payton. I mean, the Sean Payton had a bad run where there were like historically bad defenses after that whole Greg Williams thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the Super Bowl run where the early 2010s for a little bit, the first half of this past decade, they were giving up like 7,000 yards every year, which is really shit. But I feel like that's been solidified. Um, 
they have a, like a good solid defensive base now. Mm-hmm. I think this team is still going to be competitive. I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position, but I feel like Sean Payne is good enough to keep them in the hunt. Yeah. It's I not mean, like they were getting great quarterback play this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see that last uh, – I think it was one of the last um, frames they showed before the game ended. Like after um, the Bucks were driving down the field and they were kind of just like, well, like, we know they're pretty much, it's pretty much over. Um, like after they got that last first down – and they were just starting yelling. And then they showed Breeze talking to Jameis in what, in what felt like a mentor-mentee kind of way. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, if you put Jameis in that system <laughs> consistently, give him a whole offseason to think yeah, to think he's know. the starter. Because, <laughs> I mean, he knows this is his last yeah. shot. I mean, if this, goes, if this goes poorly he's for him. He's so skilled, right? He has the Jay Cutler thing going where he's like, all right, he's got all the tools. Is someone going to coach him? Like, I mean, if anyone can, it's, 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 it should, it should I, be Sean Payton. <laughs> I don't right, know anyone better I suited to do trap. it. I'd say it's a very easy trap, and I also feel the same way. Like, all right, like he has everything you'd ever want. Right. Make him good. The problem is I think, um, I think Sean Payton loves tasting too much. <laughs> And they're already paying him. Yeah, so they're already paying him, and Jameis's cost like nothing for them. So it's like, well, <laughs> I say go. Yeah. I say, I I mean, say go yeah. dual QB full time. I'm serious. You just, it's just like plays some plays on, some plays off. Like not by quarters. It's just like, all right, we'll let's see how I'm feeling. This uh, game, which James, also Sean Payne stole the Bears play that we couldn't even. Uh, they actually ran it successfully, which yeah. is great. I haven't called the uh, the Denzel Mims play in, in, my, in, the, in the notes Javon Wims. Javon Wims? Hater. Who's Denzel? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I got that one from. None, nonetheless, definitely a hater. Not a big enough Bears fan over here to know that, apparently. Also, we went this whole time without without talking at all about uh, the Bucks. So, first of all, props to the, yeah, props, so props to the Bucks. To yeah, Tom Brady old, not as bad. Defense forced plays, but it was almost like the Saints making mistakes. It definitely felt um, more, more like that. I think the fumble, you have to give Devin White credit for. But everything else, all the turnovers, you, get, you, you put on Drew Brees' shoulders. His very hurt shoulders. Yeah, that's fair. But the force, uh, is it Jared Cook? That mm-hmm. It was Cook, yeah, yeah. Jared Cook sucks. I don't like seeing Jared Cook on my TV. He's slow. He's he's, a, he's like a bad, bad Gronk. But he's like six eight, dude. He's so like. Because <laughs> you look at him, and like, if you were to keep looking, if you were like sitting next to me, you like look up, and then just keep looking up, keep looking up, keep looking up. Like, <laughs> but like the man's body just goes on forever. He just has a big body. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, believe me, he's not that fun to watch. I mean, he's due for a couple of big mistakes every single year that'll fuck over your team. You know. So he's kind of the Cody Parkey of tight ends. Like, sure, yeah, you can you can get by with with uh, Jared <laughs> with all year long, but I mean, it's gonna come at a price. Something will happen that fucks you over and be like, why did I send that guy again? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, he was cheap. Oh, he was cheap for a reason. Yeah, true. I don't, I don't even know he's getting paid. Um, yeah, the defense force. Um, Definitely made some plays. Um, it was close, though. This game was closer than the other NFC game. Oh, yeah. And I am not, um, you know, maybe this is ageist, but 43-year-old Tom Brady and Lambo I'm not convinced about. I think 
I mean, he's played, he's played many, many I games think, in cold weather before. He hasn't gotten soft in one year. Right, right. You have to also take in the time to appreciate. Like, I I used to not like Tom Brady very much as a Peyton Manning fan. Like, rival, um, yeah, yeah. But it's hard mm-hmm. not to appreciate what he's pulled off switching teams and taking this. If you're Jameis Winston, you got to feel pretty shitty. This guy's going to the off market. <laughs> Like we basically have the exact same team, and pretty much outside of adding, I think Winfield yeah, yeah. is like the one, like Winfield and, and, and AB are like the only impact players that they added, pretty much. Right. Also, Winfield is a beast. That's not really. I was, a, I was yeah. really impressed with Winfield all game long. He just seemed like he was everywhere, man. He was a second rounder too. I don't see if he's undervalued, but I don't know, man. A guy like that's hard hitter, pretty good coverage. I don't think he really got beat that much at all. I mean, the Bucks have a really talented young defense. They have a young secondary, like Carlton Davis, and um, yeah, Davis Winfield. I forget. I think uh, Montez Burt, uh, something, Bunting Murphy, whatever. <laughs> I can never figure that out their their quarter's name exactly. Exactly. Levante David. Oh, the corner. Yeah, like, Bun- like Bunting Murphy, something along those lines. I always forget his name. It's it's like it's, it's, a, it's a three three word name. Montez. Bunting Murphy, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? Nonetheless, they're actually. This is a very set up team, man. <laughs> like the Bucks are so young and absolutely stacked from just a talent perspective. <laughs> and they did this all about Vita Vea, one of the best like nose tackles in the game. So you are picking the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. I didn't say that. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. It's just, it's just really scary. Like <laughs> putting. I mean, Tom doesn't have to do that the much. The defense is good. The defense is better. Really. Than the Packers defense. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Overall talent wise. Uh, man. This is a that's that's a tough game to pick. I know. Are we moving on to it? In my mind, I'm I'm happy about I'm like good for Brady. Um I was a little bit of a doubter. I, I was if I had to Hand up. I I didn't think the Bucks were gonna do that. I didn't think they'd be in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, me, hey, believe me, you, me either. I, I had my, I had my reservations all year long. I'll, I'll go hand up. I mean, this is way farther than I expected out of them. I think a lot of, uh, you know, like those who consume Bleacher reports would definitely predict this to be the uh, NFC Championship game before the before the year started, which makes me more triggered to know the Packers, that a bunch of really. I think so. I think, I think, I think the uh, revenge tour, thanks to Jordan Love. <laughs> Was definitely a big factor, at least for me personally. I was worried about the Packers all year. I didn't really hate on them that much, to be honest. Even though I do hate them, I couldn't hate on them, talent-wise, because they're, too, they're pick, too good I'm of a team. I'm gonna them to go 15 and one next year, and just try the opposite and see if that leads to. <laughs> I think that'd be, that'd be that'd be great, actually. Yeah, that'll be just good. that be a good enough like uh, jinxing to get, get them to completely blow yeah. it. Well, Very smart on your end. Year. Very but, smart. Um. This will be a fun game, but I'm not convinced by the Bucks yet. I'm not going to pick them to go this far, so I'm not going to fucking pick them to win this game. I'm in the exact same boats. You already know my love for the Packers as far as just a pure team to bet on right now. Um, I don't know if the advantage is too, is too big. I don't know what it is about <laughs> Lambeau. That place felt so loud <laughs> last week, even only with like 7,000 fans also, I think, in one of those games. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think there's something about 
I think more teams should do this actually, like putting their team, putting their um, putting their team in actually a smaller city. <laughs> so it feels like almost almost like a college environment. You get like hyper fans. They're like, wow, I have so much pride living in like Bumblefuck Green oh, Bay. Yeah. I think the two <laughs> best football environments in the country are Arrowhead and Lambeau. Mm-hmm, exactly, some of the smallest markets. You'd never assume that, but it's just they're ravenous fans. Um, but no, I, I, so I do I do love the the um, I love the Packers here. And one thing that I actually didn't know. Rodgers has been to uh, four NFC Championship games. He's one in three in them, but he's never played a home home game, home conference championship game ever his entire career. Hold on, hold on, let me try. Yeah, so I was surprised by that too, and I was trying to think. I haven't looked it up. So he lost. I have, I have, I have it pulled up here. Yep, that's correct. One of the greatest games of all time. So wait, he's one in three in NFC Championship games. Hmm. Wow, he lost in San Francisco last year. That's correct. Yes, there's one in the um, middle. Obviously, he won. He unfortunately won one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the and uh, who's, who's the other one? Just think about teams that win the Super Bowl. He didn't lose in Philly. Did he lose in Atlanta? That's what it was. Yep. And by the way, they got their asses whooped against Atlanta. I don't actually. His his, la- his last two NFC Championship games, he's lost by an average of 15 points. What, what happened to Atlanta? I don't even remember that Packers team. The no, I, 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 really, I, really, I really don't. So I do remember thinking that the, the, the Falcons had a real chance because they killed the Packers that badly. <laughs> I remember going, I remember going to that, Pat, that Pats game and being like, wow. I really, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't gambling man at that point because my money would have been all on Atlanta at that point. It was a convincing win. I believe uh, uh, I didn't pull it up here. The score was, yeah, 44-21. It was a wow. slaughter. But yeah, but I don't know. I, I think having Rodgers at home here is super dangerous, and uh, you can't really take his past NCAA performances into context, too much context, because it also was with my dumb, dumb Mike McCarthy. And I and really, I yeah, don't. This, and this... <laughs> Marion's had to deal with a lot of bullshit in his career, to be honest with you. And uh, in this spot with the floor calling a really good game lately, from what every time I watch Packers, he's calling a really good game plan. I just think game plan wise, I, I think the floor is going to beat out Arians in that matchup. I agree. I mean, at this point, it's Tom Brady's offense. Tom Brady's the one coaching. Yeah, but that's just um, so opposite. The, it's really funny, the, the most triggering <laughs> the thing is going to be if Aaron Rodgers like wins the Super Bowl without ever even looking like he had to try. It didn't even look like he had to try against the Rams. I swear to God, if he just wins this fucking Bucks game without even having to try, casually like throws a couple of touchdowns, just jogging around. But every throw he makes is, is such a is such a dime though. Literally every single throw is like on the money. Every single play the Packers missed pretty much was from a drop. They had seven drops, I believe, last game. It was absurd how many passes the receivers missed of like very catchable balls. If I was there, I'd pissed off they didn't draft first round receiver too. Who are you gonna be rooting for? Well, I'm, I'm rooting Bills all the way. That's, that's, I could that's, I couldn't I I honestly that FC championship. I, I mean that's why that's why I chose that's why I deferred and just said Bills because I I have I, I really don't know man I I mean I really hate the Packers but I, so I'm just gonna root for the Packers just based on pure, purely betting because I have no allegiance either way and this is gonna be fun though I mean the, I mean I know it took us like a long time but we're finally getting a Brady Rogers playoff matchup I feel like that, we're not talking about that enough honestly that's pretty that's pretty historic we're gonna look back on that I mean hopefully hopefully we'll look back on this moment. <laughs> In a couple of years, and actually, I like, appreciate it once Brady's gone. Like, wow, finally got it for all this time. From COVID. Yeah, true. 
Just uh, we're just gonna all forget about uh, it. Quickly. Fuck both of these guys, but I think I'm rooting for Brady at this point. You know, he's like gotten to that point of his career. He's like, all right, he's good. Mm-hmm. Like this is untouchable at this point. If he wins, goes to the Super Bowl with the team for the first effing year, like it's so untouchable. The legacy. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Things just work out for him. I don't know how. I just it feel when someone's so great, it just looks like even Aaron Rodgers. Like it just looks like things are just automatically working out without any effort. That's a, that's um, the thing. Well, it is that, but it's also it does play into a factor of like us like not appreciating some players enough too. Like. I've done taking Tom Brady for granted like, for a long time now. I mean, just from a purely historical I mean, it's hard factor. With Brady because he's doesn't he doesn't look great. He doesn't do any. He's just all timing and extremely accurate, and like his teams have made fantastically prepared. Like, mm-hmm. It's hard to appreciate some of that. Yeah, on on the field for sure. I mean, yeah, you won't get as many as many wow plays for sure. No one's calling Brady the most exciting quarterback. <laughs> That's the only reason there's a, there's a debates about you know the goats. <laughs> Why Rodgers even brought into it is because people just enjoy watching Aaron more. Also, we're actually on the uh, quick note before we move on. Uh, we're actually on the smart side of this. We have fifty-eight percent of betters on the Bucks, and which 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 makes honestly this line is honestly ridiculous. I think I would actually say this is probably gonna be my biggest bet of the season. To be honest, I might because the Packers played not their best game. Like I mentioned with the drops and the receivers and making tons and tons of critical errors that could have blown this team out. Still won by 14. And then the Bucks needed a shit ton of turnovers and Drew Brees to literally be on his last legs in order to beat them by 10, but not not a convincing 10, you know, like the late score, you know, when they when it truly was a close game all, all, all throughout. So, and so... I don't know. I just I just think this line's pretty favorable. The three and a half doesn't scare me at all, even if it's even that even that's like not like a great spot to be in. I'm not I'm not I'm not too worried about this being a field goal game. I think this is actually gonna be a uh, ten point plus victory for the for the Packers. Wow. And I also think the over's gonna hit too. <laughs> What's the over under? Fifty one. I don't see the Bucks relying on their run game in order to actually exploit the uh, Packers weaknesses. I feel like they're just gonna just say, "All right, fuck it, we'll live and live and die with Tom. No. We're, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go out swinging." Will, and I, I do think, I do think this is an over game. Hundred percent. This will be a fun game because fifty-one by the way, very, the very most, low relative. This is going. You're going against the most explosive offense, well, not the most explosive, but the most potent offense in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians is the perfect guy. He's gonna fucking send it. Oh, <laughs> um, there's no way Bruce Arians is playing this game as if he needs to control the ball and keep it away from Aaron Rodgers. He's going to just try to put up as many points as he can as quickly as he can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. So Give the fans at least what we want, man. We want we want we want shootouts. We want a Rodgers Brady <laughs> put your nuts on the table kind of game. All right, I guess we should talk about the AFC. Uh, the Bills and the Ravens. The Ravens never had a chance. What did I say? The Ravens can't play from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are who we thought they were. Good on the Bills' defense for making a huge play in the pick six. I didn't expect this to be such a low-scoring game. Right. Um, obviously, Lamar going out played a little bit of a factor, but that game was already out of control. Uh, and the Ravens' offense just really did nothing. You're, are we going to talk about Lamar's – how good is Lamar? 
I mean, Lamar really, I mean, this is actually like pretty much a worst case scenario. Well, not worst case scenario. Worst case scenario would be losing to the Titans again, <laughs> a third time. That would have been a worst case scenario for Lamar and the media hates. But, um, you know, that, that was it, man. Like, it's, it's similar to the Browns, you know. It's like you have your motivation set on, like, one thing, you know. Like, with the Browns, it was like, all right, we have to beat a rival. It just be week before. The team has always been our older brother, and we have to beat them. And that was it, that's it for them. Their motivation ran out. So even with Henny in the second half, they couldn't move on to actually push the ball or, or uh, actually make or actually make the Chiefs feel like they were in danger at any point in time with Chad Henny in the game. And same goes for the Ravens in this game. You know, like that's that that goal, that pinnacle that Lamar was trying to reach was that one playoff win. And the added motivation of Tennessee kind of turned into like too big of a situation to where like once you win, it, where's your motivation afterwards? You know. Because then you move on to <laughs> a far superior team in my in my mind, and I still don't get why the whole public was riding with the Ravens so hard. I just I just it just didn't make sense to me at all. Like if you if you were watching the NBC broadcast beforehand, I think six of the seven analysts like all picked the Ravens to win outright, which made which was just ridiculous to me. Their defense is, is strong and impressive, but we already talked about Lamar in the snow. He actively said he didn't we want to play in it. <laughs> Just something you don't say before you play a playoff game, um, and also I mean you just you just limited. I mean we he's exactly who we thought he was. He can't make throws to the outside. He can't make throws uh, when you absolutely need him to, and he's going to be electric otherwise. I mean, which is fine. You're, it's still going to get you're still going to be an above average team in the NFL. But do I think he's a consistent MVP candidate? No. <laughs> do I even put him in, in my like top five quarterbacks? Of course not. You know. So to me, it's just, top it, it, well, top ten, yes, yeah. As far as just overall plays, maybe, yeah. Nonetheless, right, right. This is, you, it, you, to me, you, this you, felt you, this felt vindication. Lamar. This is exactly what I expected from him, and got exactly that. And the defense almost bailed them out. Oh, don't turn it into one of those. No, turn it into one of those. no. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? You can't just be a Lamar hater. I mean, I think this no, 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 I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not, lo- I'm not lofting Lamar. the expectations on him. Like everyone is like acting as if he's this great passer. I'm like, no, I just want to be a realist. Like Lamar has a long way to go to be like a, a true dual threat that's gonna win win you playoff games. I mean, he's gonna win you so many games with his legs alone. I mean, he just he just has to get like you know twenty percent better at passing the ball, and he's damn near unstoppable. But I'm just saying. I mean, we can't yeah. we can't stop we gotta stop acting like Lamar is like a, a passable <laughs> passing quarterback. We had to start, we start treating it like that just to just to be nice just to be be nice to him because he's a re- he's a revolutionary and fun to watch. That's not how it goes. This Bills this Bills offense wasn't that impressive either. They're oh, not at all. Some throws. <laughs> that was I think that was a little bit disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there would be more offense in this game. I think Lamar and Josh Allen both played worse than I would have wanted and expected. Um, I'm not super high on the Bills defense. I think Lamar just didn't play too well. This offense didn't play up to their... Um, but, I mean, when you're that one-dimensional, right, if you can only run the ball, it's going to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a great defense to focus just on one side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyone, anyone can sack the box with eight players. <laughs> right, and the, and the Bills' offense just barely did enough. I mean, they have... I think the Bills, even when they're bad, they still have Stefan. They have talent. Mm-hmm. I, I think if I'm the Ravens this offseason, if I want Lamar to develop, 
let's like invest in the areas I'd want him to um, actually improve in. Mm-hmm. I have running back depth. I have some solid linemen. Um, Defense is not getting any worse. <laughs> but Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown is not a number one receiver. I'm with you on that. So like I'm I'm I don't even really want them to go young. I would like to see them go and get some veteran talent that's like ready now and surround that. With, I think it'd be great for Lamar's development as a passer. Mm-hmm. We still have, yeah you have, you have this. The problem is that you pretty much have one more year, one more shot at this truly. They have a great team around. Them. I mean, if you're if the if you're, the Baltimore Ravens are one of the more like the finest organizations in football. Oh, well, I, I, oh, I, I completely agree. But I'm saying, well, like we've already discussed, it's just gonna get a lot harder. It's just gonna get a, right, a hell right, of a lot right. harder. It's gonna get a lot harder. It's gonna get a lot. You're not gonna have as much leeway. Um, you're not as much depth. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. But I, but I, I mean, I do yeah, agree. I think the Ravens get an outside threat. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you need. Know, I do agree. You need a veteran that can. Honestly, what a lot of good receivers do and like good quarterbacks do, it's kind of like a uh, symbiotic relationship where, I mean, Aaron's really, this is an example, Aaron Rodgers is really good at like coaching up his receivers um, to know what to do both with him and just in general, just general technique, because you have to know each other that well and what to, what the other person needs to be doing in order to succeed. And so the same goes for a receiver. I mean, if you get like a, I mean, the DeAndre Hopkins type obviously is impossible to get, but someone along those lines actually probably could coach up Lamar to an extent as far as, like, timing, what to look out for to a certain extent on the outside, you know. Because I think, I, I don't know, you don't see Lamar doing a lot of pre-snap, pre-snap adjustments because they're running the ball so much. Um, I don't know. I think the mental part of the game is important for Lamar to improve on, actually reading defenses, because you just don't see him doing it that often. Um and also, I mean, just tighten up his motion. I don't know. It just still seems too too loose and, like, most too reliant on the sidearm for a lot of these throws. So it's really hard for him to get those hard outside, th- like, you know, a 10-yard out is, is very hard for to make for anybody. But <laughs> with his motion, it's even harder. I don't think he has, like, a strong arm, so it's tough. He's, 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 he has a strong um, arm. He can sling it deep. He just doesn't have, like, a tight motion to, like, <laughs> if you need him to get a pass out quickly, you know, you know to the outside for 15, 20 yards. That's the tough part. Because you need some real zip and accuracy. I just think his motion, think his motion seems coaches, too loose. And I thought offensive coaches have gotten really freaking good at like hiding the weaknesses of their quarterbacks. Too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and, and, and some of that might be because the rules favor the offense. It's easier to do that now more so than ever. But like you literally see Mitch in a playoff game never throwing further than like three yards. Mm-hmm. So it's... it's um, you don't see a lot of these things on paper because coaches are not going to ask you to do anything you can't do. But mm-hmm. You can tell so much uh, about what a quarterback is capable of by what their coaches are calling for. Very true. And also, that is another larger point we can talk about. That that's something I actually want to apply a lot of OCs and head coaches and large play callers for is um, actually tailoring their offense to their talents. I mean, that's like the oldest rule in sports that, like, dysfunctional organizations will never follow and just allowing their coaches slash leadership to dictate what they want as opposed to what they actually can do given that what they have. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're forcing a system on a young QB, you're probably the biggest dummy in the world. If you're not actually evaluating what they can and can't do. I mean, that's, that's precisely why Vince Young's career spiraled outward downwards and everyone, yeah, everyone, everyone, hate, and everyone hates, and everyone hates Jeff Fisher for it. You, 
Right. And I mean, so much has changed rules wise, but if you look back in the last five years and the amount of good young quarterbacks we've gotten and look at the 10 years prior to that from like 05 to 2015, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, that might be it. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. There are guys who win in spite of coaching. One <laughs> had a little bit. Yeah. Luck had a little bit of a run there, but mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have great quarterback play and great quarterback development for a long while. And some of that may have been also there was an old guard that was in place, so teams weren't as quarterback hungry. But in the last five years, um, quarterback play has really just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it goes comes back to a little bit of the, the analytics and just understanding how much more efficient a passing play could be, or putting in position, covering good position can be. The most, the most efficient play, I mean, the most efficient play in football is also a QB scramble outside on a non-designed Break, run. Breaking down the play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's just, you have to look at the efficiencies and not just <laughs> go pure philosophy. I mean, you go, the, the stat, the analytics in the football go both ways, you know. Analytics inform you as to what could work, you know, and then you find a way to make it half, halfway applicable in a, in a real football sense that makes sense. And, and you know. And you have to look at the context of the stats, too. Like you can't just take a stat for what it is, just purely, and not even dive deep into it. I mean, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. you. You actually do need to coddle these quarterbacks, because there's nothing more important than having a passable QB. Um, we haven't talked about the Bills very much, but let's hit on this Chiefs-Browns game. Mm-hmm. I, oh man, the Browns... Where the field goals were really killing me at the beginning of the game. I wasn't necessarily rooting for the Browns, but I wanted the Browns to keep it close. Mm-hmm. I think anytime you're playing for the Chiefs, you're kind of just like, if you're just looking for entertainment, you're kind of like just sitting tight and hoping it doesn't get out of hand because within a two minute span, it can get out of hand and the game's over. Yeah. Um, it was on the verge of getting so that point, early, too. It was on the right the on the verge of that happening. The field goals were really <laughs> scaring me. Mm-hmm. Um,. And then the Browns had a great opportunity to get within one score before half, and you have the whole touchback thing happen, and I know that can be super controversial. What's your opinion on that, by the way? You get the Patrick Mahomes. I'll come back to it. You get okay. the Patrick okay. Mahomes injury, mm-hmm. which you never want to see that, right? Like, biggest star in football could probably potentially mm-hmm. get hurt. But if you're a Browns fan and you've been waiting – your whole life, like you're so close, and things you're broke so close. just you're your way. A playoff game, yeah. you're playing a playoff game down one score against Chad Henney, and you don't get it. That sounds so painful. The touchback. I think the I th- I I every rule, and I'm a, I'm a big hater of every rule in the NFL going for the offense. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're a cornerback and a jump ball, it's impossible to guard. Um, but giving up the ball to the other team, I feel like it should be like a 20-yard play. You should get it at your own 20 or 25. Mm-hmm. Next down. Yeah. Cause... Lose it down and give them the ball at the 20 or 25. Because, you see, logically, the rule makes total sense, you know, as far as Field position, you know, driving down the field, you know, it's like, all right, like, well, you know, once you've lost the ball, once you've given up, even though you've made all this progress, once you've given it up past a certain point without possession, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be your ball still. 
So logically, I actually, I really don't hate it that much. Uh, I think it's actually a pretty fair rule. I just think it's one of the most, I think the reason fans hate it is it's just one of the most like heartbreaking plays as as a better also, or or a fan of the offense because just like oh, all that efforts, all like imagine you just went like a, like a six a six minute drive, you know, like twelve plays, eighty yards, took all this time and efforts and like all the momentum going, and then boom, it just changed on you on the drop of a hat. So you go from a, six points to a, basically a pick. <laughs> like just turning the ball right. over and, getting, and, and also losing 20 yards field position at the same time. 25 yards field position at the exact same time. Right. So it feels like overkill for like the level of mistake you're making, like emotionally. But, uh, I mean, if you're just going off purely what makes sense in the rules, I, I'm, I'm honestly with it. I mean, it sucks to watch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a heartbreaker, yeah. but it's, you, but it's fair. When you compare it to just throwing a pick, Right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess when I when I think about it, it's just like, all right, it's really not that big of a mistake. But it's also, if you're a well coached football team, it's not that hard to not dive and fumble the ball. Yeah. The thing is, all you have to um, do, all you do, is just maintain control until you hit the pylon. You know, if you were to like hit, hit the pylon and get like just tap the pylon and get rocked almost simultaneously, that's a touchdown. That's fine. That's still that's still cool. <laughs> it's just losing it beforehand. It's like, well, I mean, I can't do much for you there. Like, you're already so close. All you have to do is hold on to it for a quarter second more. Yeah, it's... I'm fine with the rule, but a lot of times when I think about these rules, it's like... And I think this is what the NFL thinks about, too, is for the most casual fan who's just at it for the entertainment factor. Does it feel right? (laughs) Like it's the... Yeah. And it doesn't feel... Right, and if you're if you're watching a football game and you don't watch football all the time, it's kind of a confusing play. You're like, wait, what? The other team has the ball now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they never recovered the ball. Right, and I think for that degree, and that's usually how the rules are made. It's it's a tough look. If you're Roger Goodell, I don't think you want that to decide a game in the playoffs or a Super Bowl. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose you're right. I mean, that's kind of the standard that held catches to as well. Can can you have two, 20 absolutely shwasted, blacked-out people who don't watch football all agree on a play? I feel like it's, I feel like it's right. Um, so, yeah, yeah so, I'm fine with the rule, but I think as an entertainment product, it can be a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, going back to you, this is just a tough, tough L if you're an actual Browns fan. That's got to fucking sting, man. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> when I was watching it live... I think toughest loss of the week. Oh, 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 my God. <laughs> By a wide, wide margin. I mean, no other team, other losers should really feel that bad. The Browns, you should feel bad. I mean, the Saints lost their Hall of Fame quarterback and lost to their divisional rivals, but yeah. the Browns have been hurting for a while. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's more, it's, it's it's different, it's, it's expectations, you know, like, the Saints almost, and we really kind of expect to lose the games like those, but, you know, they're just used to winning, getting to that point every single year. Like, divisional round loss is, like, just pretty much the standard at this point, so, that's fair. But the, if you're the Browns, the Browns are actually getting a lot of, like, pats in the back, like, oh, you did so, you did so good, great year, guys, you gave a great effort, you made it farther than you should have. But for being really honest here, the Browns probably had, they had enough talent to be in this exact spot. Um, 
and really blew it. Like I, I think like no one's been that critical in the media of the, this, this Browns efforts. And honestly, what and another thing they didn't do at all, which we talked about last week on the pod about how you attack the Chiefs, and it's about pound the rock, you know. Kenji's run deep, run defense is is average at best. Watch not not ball. not very not very good. Run the ball, get the ball out of their hands, and you do whatever you can to get, maintain possession and just and just play bully ball against them. The Browns didn't do that. Right. Like the, the splits from the first yeah, half to the second half. Wasn't in, that in, impressive. In, no, they didn't run the ball at all in the in the first half. And then when they actually needed or not off, as much and, as they should have. Oh, yeah. well, that's for sure. <laughs> but not even enough to have like a productive uh, like first half offensively. I mean, once the second half, when they actually started to get back to their true game plan, what they're used to doing, then Baker looked better. The whole offense was actually humming to a certain extent. I mean, not not much as it should. They still didn't score. They still didn't beat the Chiefs somehow while only being down a score with Henny in for the entire second half. You don't ever you don't ever expect the Chiefs to need like a defensive play. If their defense gives them anything, it's yeah. like a free play. Mm-hmm. Like you they don't you can't give them free plays. And Baker Mayfield gave a pick away and they still had a chance. I mean, yeah. you had every opportunity to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Browns were also playing with house money, right? Mm-hmm. So agreed. I mean, we were talking about the motivation and, thing before, but at the same time, I Am I even, am I even disappointed versus like, you know, happy for them even getting here? I'm way more just like this feels almost exactly like how this whole ten year slash run will go with Baker. I, I like Baker. Baker's you know is bar by head, head and shoulders I, 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 above I, I, I every other QB I, they've had for so so long. But this I is agree. about the level of what I expect they'll achieve with Baker. It's like divisional uh, round. It's like a Carson so Palmer esque situation. Oh, yeah, you're so right. I think so many people are coming out of this and they're like, oh, you have so much to look forward to. You've built on so much if you're a Browns fan. And I get that, but I also... I mean, that's that's, on, that's, that's like, all theoretical. Uh, this is kind of this team. <laughs> this is kind of a team. The NFL is not that pretty. It's not always a trajectory. It's this, I mean, no, it's, not, it's, it's exactly. Good, young exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL is not like that. It's it, You win a game, be very happy. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have a superstar quarterback, and I don't know, I mean, Kevin Stefanski is a kid coach, but he's almost in that Matt Nagy category. I'm not convinced that he wasn't just the first year of him coming in and getting some talent. Being exactly. Mm-hmm. The voice might start to wear out, wear thin. That is so so true. That, that, that's actually the best. That's the only you you truly cannot measure. That's a fantastic point by you. You cannot truly measure a, a, a coach's success until after year two. Once the league has oh, had a year yeah. to figure them out, then then you get to start judging that. Then you can average out two seasons. I mean, like, okay, and, here's and, where and we're at. This guy has like a ten win kind of coach. Right, absolutely. And you have such an advantage that first year being a different voice. It's mm-hmm. very easy to listen to the new guy if he's not a complete dick in that Exactly. He's a new voice. All right, it's still a hot, at, fresh new exactly. voice. At least he's better than the last guy. <laughs> Basically, how everyone feels like. Well, I am. I'm willing to get. Yeah, and you want to give this guy. You want to give him a chance. You want to give him a chance until yeah. he until he does something to prove otherwise. And so, really, all you're trying to do is just prove for as long as possible that you're not complete idiots. <laughs> That's kind of how you keep your job in the NFL. Is just convince people for as long as possible that you're not a big dumb dumb that everyone everyone hasn't already figured out. And Marvin Lewis is the is the king of that. <laughs> No, I mean I don't. I don't either. I just I just think we should. Be, I just trying. I just want to be fair here. I mean, you're you're sort of the, the whole trajectory thing. Because um, really, I mean, it's 
Every single week is a battle. I mean, you can have good teams have an absolutely terrible season if it's just they're not there mentally or the game plan is just like a little bit more stale or uh, conservative than it needs to be. I mean, we're really splitting hairs here every single week, to be honest. It's just the small advantages the teams like, you know, like some of these more veteran teams have with QBs that they can trust and, and listen to as like a secondary leader. I mean, those are the teams that win consistently year in, year out. consciously think about it like yeah I totally need to see if like see a coach do it for multiple years and whatnot. I totally understand giving him the fantasy coach of the year but Oh yeah he deserves, he deserves it. You you haven't proven you haven't proven to me that you're an NFL coach uh who deserves multiple years and multiple quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's just different expectations when you're a starving franchise, I guess. And and the bar is so yeah, low. Me, like, Matt, <laughs> And an uber an uber talented offense too. I mean, and, he, and the expectation isn't on him to do anything with the defense whatsoever. Best part to be in as a, as a head, as a head um, coach is your glorified OC, <laughs> and, and, the, and you're only judged for how you play your offense, basically. Varying Lafour's rule. Um. So how do this? How do you feel about this Bills Chiefs matchup? <sighs> Man, I've gone back and forth so so much. Um. <sighs> I think the line is fair. This is exactly what I expected it to be at. I um, all I hope I really only the only thing is like this is a great game for entertainment, and that's the angle at which you should look at this game. If you if you're a pure watcher, I mean honestly, for most parts like there's no consensus anywhere. I don't I don't think I've, I've talked to a single person who has a strong opinion on this game, or seen an opinion one way or another that would sway me. There's really nothing here. I mean, I have one stat for you, by the way, if you want to hear something. I had two stats. Um, the Bills are 12 and 0 when Matt Milano, their I think he's outside linebacker, plays, and two and three otherwise, which is really a nothing stat. Like I saw someone make a, a whole write up on it. I was like, this really makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, it's kind of just like a, a, a stat picking thing where it's like, oh yeah. This is a correlation, like not really, but uh, so yeah, there's that, and uh, the public is all over the Bills, 61% on the Bills, because they've covered nine out of their last ten, and the Chiefs have failed to cover their last nine games this season, which is exactly why I have to, have to, have to go with the Chiefs. I have to. You, you, <laughs> you can't die. <laughs> You can't lose this game just being like, well, all right, they're doing this well in their last 10. This, this team's 1-9 in their last 10. This team's 9-1 in their last 10 against the spread. It's not, it's not that simple. I think you, I think you just got to bet. At this, at this point in the playoffs, I'm just going – you have to – you can't get cute with it, I think, I feel like. You're if picking you're, the Chiefs to win this game. I'm, to win this game, and I'm also bet, and I'm also bet, and I'm also having them cover. Okay. One of my side bets is the, Chief, is the Chiefs' money line. He, he he will he's gonna play. I'm, I'm, I haven't even, I haven't even considered for one second that he won't. 
I think he'll play too, but when that concussion happened, I was definitely But not even a concussion, though. <laughs> he went into concussion he protocol. He wasn't. He couldn't get up. He definitely was not. I think it was a nerve thing, dude. Because he didn't. He, if he, like, watching that play, like, I looked for it, like, every single time in the replay. Like, never once was there, like, hard contact to his head. I mean, the only part that was concerning was that his body was his neck contorted like, like an owl, like a, like two hundred seventy degrees. Should, should should we be giving out this uh, medical advice for free? I mean, I, I post I post on Web, WebMD unauthorized. Don't you? Look, I have a very important question for you. Please go ahead. Is Matt Milano playing this week? He is. What? That's true. Hey, man, I'm going against the trends. I'm going against all the trends. I'm going, all my picks this week on the, on this game are because it makes me feel uncomfortable and it makes no sense. That's why I'm picking. That's why I'm picking the Chiefs. It makes me uncomfortable. It doesn't quite make sense, but I'm going with it. If there's one thing I know, it's that the public is stupid. Yes. Those are really short, so those uh, are like past the knee. Actually, I don't know. Anyways, go on. <laughs> look, you gotta take the bills. Chase, you're 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 turning you're like a comic book villain if you don't take the bills. <laughs> don't villainize me for this pick. Don't villainize me for it. You're a bad person. You shouldn't feel bad about it. That's fine. I'm picking with my wallet, not, uh, not my heart. My heart my heart's rooting for the bills the whole way. I already told you that. I'm rooting for the bills the rest the rest of the way. How no matter how far they go. I'm a, I'm a Buffalo guy right now. My wallet speaks Bills. differently than my hearts. I'm picking Bills plus three. Wow. And I'm rooting for them to get this win. Do I think they're going to do it? <laughs> no. Pat Mahomes plays. It's going to be tough. But I think plus three Bills. Um, I'm going all in on the Bills this week. I'm going to root for them and I'm going to bet on them. I'm going to bet on the Packers and root against them on the other side. So. Okay, that's good. That's good. Are you are you willing to do a Buffalo money line? I added in the Buffalo money line last week. I I plus one forty. I told you I do that. I might. I might. You want to add to your card? We can add your. I add your card right now. Well, I would take plus one forty. I don't know if I want that as part of my record. What's the over under on this game? 54. Ooh, that's kind of, I think that's too high. Sid, I agree. That's also on my card. 
a little under under fifty four action. Oh, fuck it, why not? All four of those are probably going to miss. Anytime I do uh, my playoff parlay, it's really going to miss. I think it's hard to, I guess it is hard to pick four or five playoff games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even straight up, I think we. I think you'd probably miss one. <laughs> yeah. But no, actually, our cards are almost exactly the same. I also had, I, did I mention the over in the last game? Um, I, I, think I, I think I threw it in briefly, but yeah. Over 51, you and I are both under 54 on this one. But our only dividing pick will be the Buffalo plus three. Oh, I'm also adding in the KC the KC money line at minus 160. Yeah, I just don't love the odds on that, I suppose. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the best ROIs you can get, I think. Given a minus three, given a minus three line, it's actually it's actually not terrible odds. I've seen way worse money line spreads elsewhere. Uh, really for minus three. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I'm saying the money line is like money line being at minus one sixty for the Chiefs actually is pretty favorable considering what I've heard of elsewhere. I'm sticking to my one sites. I've heard worse. Josh Allen in this game. I think everyone's I mean, these are like what everyone wants to see these two just sling it across the field all game. Right? Oh yeah, exactly. Um, but but here, here's I want you I want you to think though. Like, for me, what made this game clear is this, I just can't envision Josh Allen in a Super Bowl quite yet. You know what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't yeah. feel like it's quite the time. Like not. Like, I feel like he's so close. I feel like he's just saying that he has to take like one extra step to get to that point to where he could lead a team to the Super Bowl. I feel like he's so close. Yeah. Like, right, like, it's kind of yeah. about Baker. Like, Baker feels exactly like a divisional round, wild card divisional round QB. Josh Allen feels like an AFC, AFC championship, championship game QB, but I don't envision him as a Super Bowl QB. Like, there's tears right. to stuff. Exactly. I just don't think he's quite ready. That's the only reason I'm going to Chiefs, is because I just don't think Josh Allen is quite ready yet. I think he's, is, which is, you know, that's a, it's like a, not a tough of a critique. Like, you're not ready to win the Super Bowl yet. <laughs> hey, you're you're like a top five QB in the NFL, but you're not ready to win Super Bowl yet. Okay, I'll I'll be rooting for him. Um... Hey, same same here, man. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for. The, I could care less about this pick hitting. I, I'm way more concerned about seeing the Bills win. I think that'd be way more interesting. I yeah, I hope this is like a high scoring back and forth. Honestly, uh, I think it'll be a slower paced game, but. Um... It's gonna be a long game, dude. Because no team has neither team has a run game. <laughs> like this is gonna be the one of the most pass-heavy game. Like the only other game that could have been more pass-heavy than this would have been like Steelers, <laughs> Steelers Bills again. Like there's very few teams that have that poor of a splits <laughs> between efficiencies between passing and running. <laughs> True, and I and truly, I I do trust Kansas City's defense to do that more so than uh, Buffalo. A weird thing I noticed the other week. They, they have, they have uh, a ton more playoff experience. 
True. And, yeah, I think knowing how to win is, like, such a big skill in sports. Like, that's kind of how I viewed, that's kind of how I view, like, watching the MJ documentary um, and, like, watching, like, LeBron and Tom Brady now. Like, it really just feels, like, less about, like, pure talent. There are, way, there, there, are there are players in the NBA right now that are more talented than LeBron. But I just think there's a certain aspect of the skill of winning and knowing how to do it. Both in like keeping your head level and just like knowing momentum and like when to take your shots, like there's a certain feel to it, you know. When you have enough experience doing it, it's like any other skill. Once you just do it enough, you just understand like the small intricacies of it. And I feel like that's what the Chiefs have right now. Like they're a team that knows how to win. If that, if that makes any sense. Hmm. I know that's the scary part. <laughs> I think it's kind of freaking insane, and it's not being discussed enough. Patrick Mahomes has hosted at a home championship game every single year he started. It's almost like he's so good, we just like forget about it. It's it, 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 only been two years. <laughs> it's been two years we're already taking Pat, we're taking Pat Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Well, actually. Yeah, yeah right. he hosted the Patriots, lost at home. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. One last year. Mm hmm. Yeah. Actually, I, 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 you're right. Damn. <sighs> this is the age. This is the age we live in of entertainment. We have so many, so many things to focus on. We're like, yeah. Patrick Mahomes being amazing is just like on the back burner. <laughs> yeah, I have better things to do than watch you be a legend. Okay. Championship wrap up, maybe get some NBA in there. I think we're gonna have to put some NBA in there. We're gonna have to talk about. Maybe we maybe we could just do like a like a like a, a half an hour's portion just on the Illini and get get this really really niche. Yeah, we could do that. Could, I, honestly, I've been watching enough NBA outside outside the Lakers and a few games here and there. They're good, but. Could be hype. Shoot it. <laughs> Wait and see, folks. We'll see. Awesome. Should we do a little outro music? Okay. I really want to put the I really want to put the NBA on ABC. Sounds like a more appropriate one, but whatever. Alright. Enjoy your weekend, boys and boys and girls. Alright, I'm gonna see what this ad before I actually get them my music. Best of luck betting. Fade us if you want, but I wouldn't recommend it. We're kind of hot right now. Conference championship. See you guys next week.